Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I should be in bed. I, well, I am, but I'm not asleep. I went uh, on a trip with family. We went to Alcatraz. I'm not going to talk about an Alcatraz movie because the movies don't really get it right. I mean, there is the escape from Alcatraz. That's the infamous one. My grandfather worked at Alcatraz until its closure in 1963. In fact, we have a picture of him in a book. And I and I bought... It's called a, a, a fog globe. I love that it's not a snow globe. It's a fog globe. Because in San Francisco, there is fog. And... I, I saw it and it just jumped at me and I thought, oh, I want to get that. Just as a remembrance, I'd never been to Alcatraz before. Our grandfather, I he never he never went back. Even after he left, and then they turned it into a tourist destination. Um so yeah. My brother went in the nineties. I finally went. This is my first time. It was amazing. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> And then all I could think about was Shawshank Redemption. I mean, there are so many prison films. For me, Shawshank. And I was telling my nephew about it and thinking, oh, uh, he should watch that when he's older, not now. <sighs> so, yeah, it was it was a good day. I'm recording, talking to all of you. And Pride was today. I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't think I've ever had it in me to ever go to Pride. You know, does that make me a bad person? No. Because then I noticed at Alcatraz, there were people with Pride flags. So you could still celebrate Pride without going to the parade. And I know a lot of people are doing that. We we still have a ways to go. Um with people wanting to leave their homes. I think that society has a form of agoraphobia. Especially now, you've got shootings. You've got uh, um, reproductive rights going away. I mean, I'm basically ready for Nero to fiddle as Rome burns. Because we are basically like Rome. We, we are falling into the sludge. Although a friend gave me some positivity and said, well, eventually it will pass. We're going into a new age. I'm like, okay, all right. That gives me some sense of hope. But at the same time, I have my metal and my metal paints different images of what we have to do. There are films that I could talk about. I mean, I talked about Vera Drake the other day. It shouldn't be a controversial film because that's what people do. People people get abortions for health reasons, for reasons beyond their own control, whether it's rape or incest. So, yeah, you know. It's it's the religious right. It's a religious right. If you are religious, well, take a look in the mirror. Think about it. Think about what you believe in. Because I love when people are like, well, uh, not all Christians feel the way. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Then why did so many band together and do this? 
I mean, I don't always want to get political, but life is political. And I noticed something the other night. I was somewhere. And someone started talking about something. And thankfully, I was out the fucking door. Because it's like, wait a minute. And, and, they, and they came off as kind of angry. Not toward me, but toward the news. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You don't you don't get to feel that way. You don't. You you really shouldn't decide how other people are going to conduct their lives just because someone in a big book told you so. That big book is filled with a lot of hearsay. A lot of hearsay. So but we'll we'll move on with the show because I'm sure I've already pissed a few people off. And that's fine. That's fine. I'm I am a Sagittarius. I love the extreme. I love to play with fire. Come on. I mean I like to light candles, but Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been a crazy couple of days. It's been a crazy couple of days where sometimes I think everyone wants to just pull the sheets over and just go to sleep. And I've done that in the past, especially 10 years ago. 10 years ago was such a dark time. I won't go into it. Not so much for me, but people around me. Some people were dying. Some people were some people did die. And it just it put me in a weird, dark space. And I stopped working out. And I stopped doing things that I loved. Yeah. And it's it's it, it, it's a weird... You could call it like a psychosemantic thing. It's like... Um, what is it? Sherlock Holmes, Watson, and the psycho psychosemantic walk. Remember? Oh, he walks with the cane. It could be that. It could be all in my head. So... I thought we would just get freeform tonight. Because, you know, it is Sunday. We're going into Monday, or or as the song says, Manic Monday. (laughs) I think expression in these times of uncertainty is so strong and so valuable. Because you think of in times of war and in times of great strife, artistically we put it on we put it on the pad we put it in the in the song we put it in the film we put it in the documentary and it makes you it makes the fire burn brighter it's like okay all right and so that's why I'm calm right now <laughs> because if there's a point where we have to disconnect. We have to disconnect. We have to live our lives. Not so much from the devices, but the clickbait, the news. There's different news mediums. There's different news organizations. CNN always has that da 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 breaking news, and it's always and it's always bad. It's never good. It's never these kids want a spelling bee because people don't want that. It makes me think of that tool song, Vicarious. 
where they they took a look at society and said um vicariously I live while the whole world dies and it's talking about all these things in media and in history it's a car crash people can't look away and good art good film and good music makes you turn the other way and focuses you and gets you riled up I (laughs) during this during the pandemic and beyond, I was listening to a lot of ministry. I still am. And even now, even now, burn it inside, breathe. When I saw ministry and they did breathe, you fuckers. And I thought, whoa. And I felt it. I felt it. So these are uncertain times. There are so many films that you could watch. There are so many things that you could read. But first and foremost, make sure that people and their religions are not fucking it up for you. Because that's what happened. That's what happened. I was raised free of religion. I am baptized Catholic, but I don't practice it. Because I was taught to... Find my own thing. Find my own story. Find my own path. So it's more of a spiritual thing to me. I get that from music and I get that from art. And I get that from connecting with nature. I think that's where the Native American side of me, I'm sorry, the indigenous side of me, because that that is in my background and in my DNA, connects with nature and connects with animals and Symbols. Hawks. Owls. The land. Our society takes it all for granted. It's like that Joni Mitchell song. Um, Pave paradise and put up a parking lot. Okay. And how that's what that's what we do. We tear things down and put up parking lots. People don't want to park on the dirt. I've parked on the dirt. It's like, okay. <sighs> In fact, when I go to a show, concert, that's the first thing I'm thinking about is parking. Parking. Wouldn't it be just great if it was like the Jetsons and you could just pack up your car in a suitcase? That didn't happen. I still watch the Jetsons and think... The one thing that they got right was the, the video telephone. A lot of stuff that they would talk about, you know, and that and that came out in the sixties. That was my that was my mother's um, era. They were watching this cartoon about the future, and thinking, okay, we're gonna have flying cars, and we're gonna have Rosie. The robot that really comes from Rosie the Riveter, that name. And then, you know, now we have these films about the future and um, Handmaid, Handmaid's Tale. Uh, that Those are really warnings about a dystopian society. And as this whole... I figured let's get a little dangerous. 
as the society unravels and the religious right, you know, they, they, they said something about saving white lives. So they're not hiding it anymore. They're not. And um, it makes me think of a clockwork orange. In fact, during the pandemic, I remember, I'll never forget, I was going, I was leaving Trader Joe's and I see some um, teenagers and they're kicking all this garbage onto the train tracks. And I thought, whoa, this is like out of a clockwork orange. Town is, is um, deserted, dystopian. And now that's what's going to happen is there's going to be too many kids. Because, you know, when you do that, you're going to have a lot of unwanted babies. They're going to go into the foster system. They're going to either be adopted by family members who don't know how to take care of them. They're going to abuse them. Mentally and physically. And then society. Society is not kind. Society is going to chew them up and spit them out and light them on fire. And so what you're going to have is you're going to have almost like gangs, modernistic gangs, like in a clockwork orange. That's what's going to happen. So the religious right and even the clockwork orange, you had the religious, you know, right. And and because what do they do? They send Alex to they send him to prison and then they try to reform him and he has to look at the Bible and then and then. It's drilled into him and then they and then they do this this therapy to him where they make him watch those Hitler films. So yeah. It's reprogramming, basically. And so this I I like I said, I don't pray, because if I do, I'm not gonna tell you about it. But I hope that we don't go that way. I hope that people just fucking rebel. And in current time, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Rolling Stone Street and Fighting Man. Because the Beatles were like, you know, we're looking, we're talking about a revolution. And the Stones are like, no, Street Fighting Man. And that goes, I mean, here we are, this is gay pride. But really, all of this happened because of the Stonewall riots. And what were they throwing? They were throwing bricks because they had had enough of it. They'd had a fucking enough. I was like, no, we're not going to be polite anymore and say, leave us alone. We're going to we're going to make you know that we are angry and we're tired of it. And that was the era of hell. No, we won't go. That was mainly a chant that you're not going to go to Vietnam. You are against the war. And with gay rights, gay rights was just thrusted open with Stonewall and, and many other um I mean, it wasn't just Stonewall, though. That's the other thing. Uh, there were other demonstrations going on when it came because the raids, the raids were just. And that's the other thing is that, you know, a lot of you are like, well, you know, uh, it's not that bad. Well, Clarence Thomas has said that he's going to come for gay rights next and gay marriage next. So you are going to allow a religious right and a court to come after me and my friends over who we sleep with over who we marry all because according to you 
it it's not what your quote unquote God believes in. And so that takes me to Carlin. We we are living, I mean, you know, Madonna was like, we're living in a material world. No, no, no. We're living in a George Carlin world. We are living, people are quoting him. And, and it doesn't annoy me because it's like, hello, hello. He was a truth teller. The really good comedians are truth tellers. And he talked about the sanctity of life. Here we go. How come the census doesn't count them? If a fetus is a human being, how come when there's a miscarriage, they don't have a funeral? If a fetus is a human being, how come people say we have two children and one on the way instead of saying we have three children? People say life begins at conception. I say life began about a billion years ago, and it's a continuous process. Continuous just keeps rolling along. Rolling, rolling, rolling along. I say, you know something? Listen, you can go back further than that. What about the carbon atoms? Huh? Human life could not exist without carbon. So is it just possible that maybe we shouldn't be burning all this coal? (laughs) Just looking for a little consistency here in these anti-abortion arguments. See, the really hardcore people will tell you life begins at fertilization. Fertilization when the sperm fertilizes the egg, which is usually a few moments after the man says, gee, honey, I was going to pull out, but the phone rang and it startled me. After the egg is fertilized, it's still six or seven days before it reaches the uterus and pregnancy begins. And not every egg makes it that far. 80% of a woman's fertilized eggs are rinsed and flushed out of her body once a month during those delightful few days she has. They wind up on sanitary napkins, and yet they are fertilized eggs. So basically what these anti-abortion people are telling us is that any woman who's had more than one period is a serial killer. (laughs) Consistency. Consistency. Hey, hey, if they really want to get serious, what about all the sperm that are wasted when the state executes a condemned man and one of these pro-life guys who's watching comes in his pants, huh? Here's a guy standing over there with his jockey shorts full of little Vinnies and Debbies. And nobody's saying a word to that guy. Not every ejaculation deserves a name. Now... Speaking of consistency, Catholics, which I was until I reached the age of reason. (laughs) Catholics and other Christians are against abortions and they're against homosexuals. Well, who has less abortions than homosexuals? Leave these fucking people alone, for Christ's sakes. There is an entire class of people guaranteed never to have an abortion. Yeah. And the Catholics and Christians are just tossing them aside. You'd think they'd make natural allies. Go look for consistency in religion. And speaking of my friends, the Catholics, when John Cardinal O'Connor of New York and some of these other cardinals and bishops have experienced their first pregnancies and their first labor pains and they've raised a couple of children on a minimum wage, then I'll be glad to hear what they have to say about abortion. I'm sure it'll be interesting. 
In the meantime, what they ought to be doing is telling these priests who took a vow of chastity to keep their hands off the altar boys. When Jesus said, suffer the little children, come unto me, that's not what he was talking about. <laughs> so you know what I tell these anti-abortion people? I say, hey, hey, if you think a fetus is more important than a woman, try getting a fetus to wash the shit stains out of your underwear. <laughs> We're going to pull away from there. But see, he has a point. He was a truth teller. And he, along with Pryor and Lenny Bruce, were one of the greats of the centuries. And so think about that. Think about that. Think about how religion, hello, right there. That's why I wasn't allowed to go to church as a kid. We were not. It was because my parents knew there was abuse going on in the church. The church just kept trying to cover it up. And it's always been that way. They There was a priest, or they're not just here in California, but from what I was told, in San Jose or probably San Francisco, there was a church, they had torn this church down, or it had been condemned or something. And they found all these baby skeletons because the priests were impregnating the nuns and then killing the babies. Yeah, yeah. So, religion. Killing in the name of religion. It's been going on since the beginning of time. And so, we live in times now where people hold more value on a gun than they do a woman and her, her reproductive system. Also, most importantly, the respect of a woman. We all have a mother. We all have a grandmother. We all have an aunt. We all have a niece. We all have a daughter. We all have a sister. We may not have them biologically or blood-wise, but they exist. They exist. You have someone close to you who is a mother, a sister, a daughter, a friend. Come on. Come on. She may want to have kids one day, but then she may be told that she has a disease And if she has a baby, it'll kill her. And then accidentally she gets pregnant. What is she going to do? So you all think, oh, she could have the baby. Well, she'll die, but at least the baby will live. But the baby won't survive. So how do you justify that? How do you justify that? We're going into dangerous territory here. Usually don't talk about that, but it's like, hey, you know what? It's it's on my mind. I can't I can't get it off my mind. And I have a platform and I'm using this platform. So yeah, we're entering a dystopian age. I think we've already gotten there. We've already gotten there because so many of you continue to drink the fucking Kool-Aid. And you continue to think that what's his face speaks for you he doesn't speak he doesn't give a shit about you that administration didn't give a shit about you just know that you are deplorables to him he's not going to come out and say that okay i remember one time someone said oh they elected him because he had the business suit on really so that makes him a good guy well i want you to know that 
back in the day, I read a, I was listening to a book by uh, Ricky Lee Jones. Ricky Lee Jones talked about this man who would put on a suit, pretend that he had a cat or a dog in the car and said that they needed, he needed help with them. That was how they kidnapped children. They wore a business suit because they figured nobody's going to question that when they come into a neighborhood. So think about that. Think about that. So when people say, oh, we voted for him because he has the business suit because he's a businessman. Really? What happened to all of his businesses? What happened to them? Can you tell me? So, yeah, this is the Dr. Seuss Film Podcast. And like I said, I highlighted a clockwork orange. We're heading to clockwork orange. You might as well call me Alex DeLarge without all the things that he does. But just because the name rings. And what does the government do to Alex DeLarge? What do they do to him? They send him to this prison. They feed him God and they feed him uh, therapies to basically warp his mind. And they think, oh, he's changed. And what does he say at the movie, at the end of the movie? I was cured, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I will always give a cup of shut the fuck up to the extreme right. Because really, you all are drinking the Kool-Aid. You thought you would, you would have learned something with the whole Jim's Jones, Jim Jones crowd. And if you don't know about drinking the Kool-Aid, and I've talked about this before, that is a form of a cult. And you can fight me all you want. Oh, it's not a cult. Yeah, it is. If you were at polling stations with those red hats on praying, that's a cult. That's a cult. You are wearing a lot of religious people. Oh, the mark of the beast. You're wearing the mark of someone on your forehead. A false god, a false prophet. Think about that. But you don't want to because he's your he's your he's your man. He's your man. Well, you all have been duped and bamboozled. And I'm done with it. I'm done with it. So don't worry. I'll be talking about more films and music. But life is turning into a clockwork orange, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Unpleasant dreams. <laughs>